for the steppers, huh? But you can't step with us. Niggas swear they certified steppers, but don't step enough. Oh, you be with them steppers, huh? But you can't step with us. Niggas swear they certified steppers, but don't step enough. Oh, you be with them steppers. Well, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the Certified Steppers Podcast. As you know, I am your host, KP. Uh, and I got my boy Rob with me right here. What's going on, bro? I already, already hit the camera. You already, already hit it, it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what's good, man? What's going on? Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, so first and foremost, I'm going to jump right into the, the content, let y'all know. So we, we finna break down. We finna get away from some of the uh, the relationship talk today because we want to talk money with y'all, man, and give y'all, show y'all some range and give y'all some topics. So I got my boy Rob to to, uh, to come talk with Corporatepreneurs is the, you know, what we titled in this episode yeah. um kind of conversation because you got you know you got your entrepreneurs who will get out there and tell folks right tell them hey you know this is how i did it this is you know sometimes like you the nine to five ain't the way and you got to grind right and the entrepreneur way is the way right yeah. and that fits certain people right and then there's certain people who sit in corporate america and they climb that ladder until they can't anymore and they're comfortable in that space too but then you got people who find the security in corporate America, but also has those other ambitions yep. outside of that. And like, and that's coined now in today's terms, like corporate preneurs, right? So kind of want to dissect that. And just really quickly, just for people who don't know, like a corporate preneur is basically a person who's maintaining a full-time W-2 or, or a job, if you will, career, while simultaneously growing a business on their own. So that's kind of like where this conversation is going. Um, and But I, before we go into the show, I, I kind of want you to just, you know, talk to, to introduce the, people to who you are yeah so uh robert bennett you know from east side of houston <laughs> say that uh, <laughs> you know what i mean east side of houston outskirts kid you know um but yeah you know currently working in corporate america right now but then also managing my own business on the side yeah. you know and, I, and i'm glad you titled it corporate 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 preneurs, <laughs> corporate yeah. preneurs because I feel oftentimes in the black community, we usually separate it. It's like mm -hmm. either you work for the man or you work for yourself. Absolutely. So I think that people don't, you know, think about that you can actually do both. You can do both. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. use one to really fund the other side and they work simultaneously, you know? Yeah. And I think that this is a very important topic that right. people can learn a lot from. Absolutely. And the dope part is like, so just so y'all got the backstory, like, so me and him kind of work in the same corporate space, right? And like, I already know how I got to that lane, so I, but I do want to open up and kind of ask you like, jumping into tech, how you did, like, how did that opportunity come about, you know, and you know, and you know, kind of walk me through that journey of getting to that point first. Got it. So, um, I was already working in the corporate space, uh, working in HR. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't on the tech side. I knew that I always wanted to get into tech, but you know, tech is a very competitive space to get into. Super. So with me, I'll <laughs> say, you know, uh, I was one of the lucky ones to where tech found me. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was working for a company in Gardner, uh, the company named Gardner, sorry, based in Dallas, um, which is like a financial type company as well as. Um, analytics type company. So somewhat tech, but not like a true tech environment. Yeah. So with me working there, and that's a big brand company, you know, it attracted bigger tech companies. So that's why I always tell people to really focus on their brand, especially their brand when it comes to LinkedIn, yeah. because you can really market yourself till you get to a point where the companies that you dream to work at come and find come you. And find you. You know, so Microsoft came and found me, Salesforce came and found me, IBM. So a lot of big tech companies were reaching out to me based off the brand I built on LinkedIn yep. in the career, the steps I took in my career to get to the point I was at. So um, Big Tech actually found me and reached out to me, you know, went through the interview process, weighed my options, and it just made sense. And then yeah. that's how I got into Big Tech. So yeah. I know uh, that's not everybody's story, but, you know, if you focus on your brand and really 
selling who you are, leveraging tools like LinkedIn, yeah. you'll be surprised the dream company that you seeking will come and seek you. Yeah, and that's facts because that, that, my, my journey is very similar too. Cause I think, I think, yeah, I was like just a few months before you and that thing we jumped in mm -hmm. and and it was the exact same thing. I, I've always used LinkedIn as a vehicle to to climb the corporate space. Like yep. that's, that's exactly what I, I, I remember telling my homies in like 2013, bro, y'all yep. need to get a LinkedIn profile. And they was like, man, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. like what? LinkedIn. And I'm like, yeah, bro. I'm like, I'm telling you, get you a LinkedIn profile. That's really how, that's where you, that's, if you're trying to find you a nice little gig, that's where it's at. And you know, I kind of position myself and like, as you LinkedIn, what I love about it is like, as you grow in your career, that profile does nothing but display that. It display, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a digital resume. That's it. Nobody trying to do paperwork. No, right. It's a digital, we in a digital age. Digital age. So you got We in a digital age, you got to grow with the times. Exactly. And that's where the times are right yep. now. And they knocked, so they knocked on my door just like yours and was like, so like, you right. But that doesn't happen without you positioning yourself first. Putting yourself in position. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you got to be your biggest marketer. You got to be the CMO, the CEO, and the COO. Yeah. So, a lot of people sleep on the marketing side too. So one way to market yourself, go to where they are, go to where they're looking. Mm -hmm. You know, majority of corporate recruiters are spending 85 to 75% of their time on LinkedIn going through it. So why not position yourself to be appealing for them to come find you, take the workout. Like I say, I only applied to, out of all the jobs I've had, I've only applied to one job and that was my first job. The rest yeah. of the jobs I had found can't find you, yeah. Yeah, and and, and see, at, for me, I swear by LinkedIn. I tell people, I'm like, bro, if you're not starting there, you're doing yourself a disservice. One, from a, having a digital resume aspect, but two, that's where the quality jobs are being promoted too. Yeah. Like, like it, it's cool. You can still go to Monster Career Building, all these, you know, outdated services. I believe they're outdated, but like, you still have to submit a physical resume to that. Mm -hmm. If you go in on LinkedIn and you just you just post you create your profile, you can submit your profile as a resume. So all you gotta do is it's a very click submit your application. They yeah. just send the profile there and they create a resume from the profile for you. So that's 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 a great point. So like you know typically everyone like man bro can you plug me in? Can you plug me? Y'all got a friend that <laughs> knows somebody that knows somebody that works somewhere. Think of that in a digital asset when it comes to what well, aspects are when it comes to LinkedIn. You, anybody is just a click away. A recruiter is a click away. A hiring manager is a click away. Yep. You see a job posted online for a company that you want to work at, search, hmm, recruiter that work at X company. Yep. Connect with all of them. Yep. Send a message to them. Hey, you know, I came across this job I saw online. You know, I really feel like it fits my profile. Can you take a look at my profile? And if so, could you forward my, you know, right. my, my profile, my resume to the hiring manager or the recruiter covering the role? Yeah. So now it takes away the old school way of just applying to a job, it's 500 people, kind of lucky to draw. <laughs> right. You go direct to the plug. Straight to the plug. That's Straight my. That's what I plug. love. I stayed in VP's ears. I'm in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping you. on your shoulder. Like, I have no shame in my game. What's up, homie? Y'all hiring? I'm the man for the job. Man, it's all about yeah. volume, bro. I made <laughs> right. a template, blasted them out. That's I it. I may send out 100. Yeah. And don't only get 10 back, but shoot out of that 10, five of them may give me an opportunity. Right. But, and that in itself is, is work, right? Trying to, like, it's, it's hard work, like you say, treating yourself like a CEO and a brand, right? And that's, I, I 100% agree with you. That's mm -hmm. exactly how you should promote yourself. That's why I'm like, like, I respect employers and I love what I can get out of them. Yeah. But just like you are at will to let me go, I am at will to leave. So, like, and, and right now, while it mutually makes sense for us to keep working how we're working, we'll stay in this place. But if that changes for me, then I'm going, dip just like I know if that changes for you then you go, you have to give me my termination letter so mm -hmm. like, what, I, what I wanted to transition to though like I know that now because you know we're probably about especially in tech I know I'm going on like my third year in the space right and I kind of wanted to and, and before we kind of transition I'll say this like, like it's not like tech is a place where like you 
you know, you making ends meet, right? And you scrapping, yeah. just yeah. being real, right? Yeah, that's so true. like, and the reason why I'm bringing up that point is because I want to understand from like your thought process is like, even though you in tech, making great salaries, doing great things and climbing that corporate ladder, what was it about you that said, yo, I need to transition into this entrepreneur, entrepreneurial space as well? So um, I'll say for me, it's just really understanding that a lot of times we have too much job loyalty. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're very loyal to a job. You know, there may be opportunities that come up, but you something in you is like, uh, I don't want to do my manager like that. I don't want to do my team yeah. like that. Right. And I feel like COVID was what really opened my eyes, you know, especially people that's from Houston. You think about like oil and gas is real big in Houston. People mm-hmm. that have been in their job 20 plus years, held their job down, lost their job. Facts. Lost their job and had nothing on the side, no backup plan already gone. So with me thinking that is like, man, I can't be overly dedicated to one thing that's not overly dedicated to me. Yep. Yeah. CEO don't know my name. You right. Know what I mean, if All COVID or something happened and they want to lay people off, they're not gonna be like, uh, eh, we gonna keep him because he he keeps he keeps the company alive. Right. No, you, <laughs> keep Rob. He got good energy. You're on the chopping block, right? <laughs> right? So you never put all your eggs in one basket. So I was like, shoot, well I got all these eggs in this basket. Let me make a couple omelets on the side. Yeah. So then that's when I started thinking like, how can I leverage my current nine to five to employ and really fund my dreams? Yeah. So then you start. You could take risks basically with money with a zero percent interest rate. Mm-hmm. I can Absolutely. take money from my check and put it into this venture. It don't work. Shit. Back to work on Monday. Right. Exactly. Try it again. Okay. It's working. Okay. Now I'm able to build this up on the side, get to a point to where, shoot, I, I, I'm not probably making right as the right, like the same amount, or it's still just a good enough side income to like hold me afloat. If anything yeah. ever happened with option A, I can still build on option, option B, B until I, you know, find another option A. Yeah, that's facts. And and that's kind of how I look at it. Like, I know when, once I jumped into the space, it really was about, especially now the way you talked about COVID, the other thing that that changed with COVID was that, like, we work, we work remote. Like, we I'm really in the crib, yep. like, working all day, right? So it's like, and, and a lot of that times, if you know how to organize yourself and you got time management skills, like, when you finish up with corporate America, you really sitting there working at home. You cut down on your travel time. Yep. You ain't got no more lunch breaks because you just walking to the fridge. So that's like, even in, that in this you can see three visible hours right mm-hmm. there at least, right? So for me, it was like, okay, I got this time. I got all these ambitions. Let me transition that into something. Yeah. And I know what that came from me, but I kind of want to focus on like, like where that took you because like it took you two major places, the stock market and the Airbnbs. I'm going to focus heavily on the, the Airbnbs because I want to talk a little bit about, you know, like, like how you got started in that, mm-hmm. how you like how you built yourself up. Like what what was your what was the focus and the, the aim of starting that business? Was it just to like pay off your mortgage or were you really trying to build wealth through that? Yeah, so a little mix of both. Building wealth and having my mortgage paid off, you know, without me having to pay it. But I really say all these ideas really grew and came to me during the pandemic. So I say, if, if you didn't come out the pandemic stronger than before you went into the pandemic, you kind of wasted that sit at home That's real. time. So as I'm sitting at home, I was living in Dallas at the time, had an expensive apartment and design district, and I couldn't go nowhere. I couldn't even use the pool, couldn't use the gym, and I'm just kind of trapped in this expensive apartment. But they took away, you know, resources like the gym and the pool, but they ain't discount my rent. Right, right? that did so not still, go down. <laughs> I still got to pay that. So then it hit me, it's like, why am I spending all this money to live here? when I could like purchase a home to where the money I'm spending every month is going towards something. Yep. When you got rent, you just paying and paying, but that's not going, you're not getting anything from that, you know, but when you got a house, you paying and paying is actually working towards paying something off. So that's when I got the idea to like, you know what, I want to get an investment property. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to leverage this time that I got to save up 
during the pandemic, purchase a home, and not just purchase a home, purchase a home and find a way to get the home to pay itself off yeah. without me having to pay it. And then that's when I got the idea to do Airbnb. Mm. So it's like I can get basically short-term tenants to pay me to pay my house off. Yeah. And that was the idea. And that's when I started working towards, you know, actually getting started with the Airbnb. And when it came to just kind of researching, just listening to podcasts, reaching out to friends that that have Airbnb. And one of the biggest sources for me when it came to like understanding what route I was going to take is the Bigger Pockets podcast. Okay. And they really stretched. Yeah. That's a dope podcast, yeah, by the way. Very dope, very yeah. dope, man. And they, Shout out to them, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why I bring them up is because they, they had a uh, thing they called the strategy of house hacking. Yeah. So I, re- I purchased their book, started really researching and reading on the strategy of house hacking and learning how I can hack the house. And that basically means you finding a way to get a house to pay itself off. Yep. You know, the house that can start gaining equity without you really putting money into it. And if you do put money into it, you make it back. Yeah. Okay. And so I love that journey because like, so, so I'm also into the real estate investing side, mm-hmm. but I chose a more traditional route and I'll, and I'll talk a little bit by, about how I got it to mind. Cause I want to compare and contrast the two, yeah. but I want to, I want to kind of like focus on like your, your Airbnb setup, because I know that there's different ways you can go about obtaining an Airbnb, mm-hmm. right? Like, so what, what is the, can you break down the traditional way that people triply go about getting Airbnbs? And then what was your way about, because I know that there's, there's two different angles that yeah. was taken there. Yeah. Just kind of walk us through the, how that looked. Yeah. So I'll say like, when I think of the traditional way, and I know multiple people may have multiple answers to this, but when I think of the traditional way to do Airbnb, that's usually purchasing a property that you don't live in and then you know, furnishing it all the way and then listing it on Airbnb mm-hmm. and letting it rock that way. Um, another way that you could think about it is if you buy a multifamily property, and I think this is not so as traditional, but it's putting a little twist to it to where you get a duplex. I live in one side and then I rent out the other side on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. The money I make on Airbnb, pay for my side and that side. So I'm making money and living for free. Yeah. So I think, you know, just purchasing a home is kind of the traditional way. And then now I would say a newer thing that's really emerging, you know, in the market when it comes to Airbnb, which is a little more innovative, is a thing called rental arbitrage. Okay. So rental arbitrage is basically where you lease um, a property or you lease an apartment and then you list it on Airbnb. So some may do it through corporate housing or they may find a way to just be with an apartment complex or as someone who's leasing their home. That's okay with someone doing short-term rentals through it. Yeah. So that's the, the newer way that I'll say. And then I'll say there's my way. And yeah. What I'm doing. What I'm doing is like I I think very unique. I'll be honest with you. When you told, well, first of all, when you told me what you was doing, yeah, was one thing. I was like, that's interesting. But when I pulled up and I saw it, yeah, I was like, oh, this is a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go. I didn't that's gonna be part of yeah. my bro talk later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> go ahead. So go ahead. Yeah. And so talk. so yeah. so with me, you know, I, I think one of the quotes that I live by is ambition over adversity, right? Through adversity is where you go grow stronger. So it's like you can put yourself in positions to where you have to sacrifice to really get to where you want to go or ex- even exceed to where you thought you were wanted to go. Right. So with my situation, you know, I took some time to stay at my mom's during the pandemic just to save up some money, saved up a good amount of money, use that money to eventually I was looking for a duplex because uh, I, I wanted to do the plan to live in one side, run out the other side. Yeah. Simple, you know, have it pay itself off. But life didn't really work out for me like that. The, the duplex market was tough to get into. It was very competitive. I'm putting offers out. You know, my offer's not getting picked. Yeah. Next, you know, the market is up 50 to 80,000 due to the cost Crazy. of goods going up. Yeah. So I noticed that strategy wasn't going to work. So I had to really get creative, you know, use some ingenuity 
And I was like, dang, do I just give up on that and pivot and do something else? Or do I find a way to just make it work and do my own thing? So what I ended up doing was I made a makeshift duplex. And I know people may be like, well, makeshift yeah. duplex? Like, what is that? I was, I was the one of them when you told me. Yeah, that. it's like, <laughs> what? You know, so basically I made like my own ADU, which is like an additional dwelling unit. Yep. You know, so I ended up purchasing a townhome in East Downtown, so a three-story townhome. What made that, that townhome unique was... In the garage area, there was an additional bedroom attached to it. So, like, mm. you walk in the garage, there's a door. You would think it's like a closet or something, but no, you walk in, full bedroom, bathroom, walk-in closet. And then on the second floor, of course, is like the shared space, so the living room, kitchen. Third floor is two additional bedrooms. The way my mind worked, I saw that different. I saw, I see I see a duplex in this. I can yeah. make this, I can make this a makeshift duplex. So I was like, so you telling me the, this bedroom is cut off from the house, it's attached to the garage. I could sacrifice instead of like getting the luxury of living in the, the full house, get the master bedroom, be on the third floor, you know, really enjoying the crib. I said I could sacrifice my first house and not even get a feel of it being my first house because I had to change my mindset that this ain't my first house. This is not my first personal house. This, this is my first investment. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So I will make that sacrifice. So what I did was, I chose to take the room in the garage. Yeah. You know, I chose to take the room in the garage, flip the locks on the garage door to really block off the garage area, built cabinets out on um, my garage walls, added a refrigerator, added a microwave, added an air fryer if I want to make some wings or something yeah. in the garage. You know, I yeah. can do that. So I basically converted my garage into a studio, a mm -hmm. makeshift studio. So I lived in the garage, got my house fully furnished, listed that on Airbnb. And then I rent out the whole house while I take the smaller area in the garage and then my Airbnb covers my house and I live for free. Yeah, nice. And like now and see, just listening to that, because it's like you confine yourself to literally one room. one room. So that's where the sacrifice come in. That's why when I saw it, I was like, Yeah, like it's either it's either this box area here, which is a nice size because you got a nice size bed, you got walking yeah. closet, you got a bathroom. It's not like you in a four by six cell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's just still you just that one space, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like that's why I looked at it, I was like, Yeah, you really gotta lock in from that standpoint. If you really and, and you gotta understand the 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 concept of letting money work for for yourself to even put yourself in that position mm -hmm. because you're right I, I even me I, I can't say if my duplex situation wouldn't have worked out right being in your shoes would I have wanted to sacrifice down to just a one bedroom right mm -hmm. so that's really a thought process you got to go through I, I just kind of want to talk through though just in the Airbnb space now I just I want to I want to give people like some rawness too right because yeah. like people like you know and I never want to be this type of uh, podcast but you know or, or Google or whoever giving information like people will give you the good right and they'll yeah. say oh you could do this you make this money and they they paint this pretty picture for you right but then they forget to kind of like just talk a little bit about what the what the you know you get the good but what's the bad and the ugly yeah, right so yeah. i kind of want to walk through like kind of i know airbnb works out with listings every day each month right mm -hmm. you have openings for that month right and then you got people who will go in and book that or whatever like um first question is like how has like how has it been taking losses in that space? Has it been like any losses, anything yeah. that to point out that people can kind of like pay attention to or be aware of, like making sure that they vet certain things? Yeah. So the thing with Airbnb, you walk into Airbnb in a loss. Yeah, yeah, because you, you, you got to stage it. You got you got the yeah. stage. You got the yeah. startup cost or whatever. So like yep. with myself, I invested uh, ten thousand dollars into into furnishing it. Right. So I'm already ten in the hole. So, but you have to go into it with the mindset of really a breakdown. What is the the potential uh, money that you can make from this, right? And then also, 
you get what you pay for. You, I, I didn't have to do ten. I could have yeah. went lower. I could have tried to do five. I could have tried to make you know four, four and a half stretch. Yeah. But you get what you pay for. Somebody will walk in and tell that, oh, that's a you know that that couch look cheap, right? Yeah. The, the table look cheap. Yeah. I wanted to go after a luxury market. So if I want a luxury market, I have to take you know invest into it to make it have that appeal. Yep. With that appeal, I go after a different demographic that's willing to pay a little bit more. Absolutely. And I can list mine for a little bit more. So it was that startup cost that was probably like one of the big drawbacks, but it was something that I knew will help me in the long run. So yeah. that's one thing. The next thing is some people think when they get Airbnb, it's just going to be booked. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's going to be booked. <laughs> it just, hey, man, it's on no I think it's about 20 days going to be booked out the month. But no, that ain't that ain't always the case. You know, there's up seasons and there's down seasons. Right. When that down season come, your mortgage is still due. Yeah, absolutely. Your rent, if, you, if you're yes. going to rent an arbitrage, that rent still due. It got to get paid. Yeah. So you have to take into consideration there's going to be up times, but they're also going to be down times. Yeah. So you got to manage your money to prepare for the highs. You got to manage your money to prepare for the lows. Yep. Next thing, as you are making money, you also need to know to put a little money into reserve. You know, when somebody comes like, you know, like the old saying, like your mom probably said, there's nobody value your stuff the way you do. Yeah. You bought it. Absolutely. People down for a good time. They don't care about this couch they sitting in. Yeah. They, they may not be sitting in it like this. They may stand up on it doing the, the Charlie Murphy on yeah. your couch. <laughs> it ain't their couch. Right. They, yeah. your, they don't care about your couch. Right. You know what I mean? You got to take that into consideration. So why they doing the Charlie Murphy? What if it rip a little bit? Yeah. And then yeah. you got a tenant coming in two days. So it's like you got to pivot. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you have damaged goods now. So you always want to set a little reserve aside because... Not not every time is going to be a perfect tenant that stays there. Yeah. So there. There may be damages. They may have snuck it at a party and, you know, you said no parties or something or they spilled wine on the rug. And now it's this big wine saying there. You got to yeah. replace the rug or whatever. So you always have to take into consideration that, you know, it's not always going to be booked and that rent and mortgage still going to be due. You're not always going to have great tenants. Yep. Some of your stuff may get damaged. That's something you have to think about. And then um, outside of that, you know. Sometimes it's it's just it may not be as much money as you think. You may be like, you know, I'm gonna list my house for two fifty a night. That's yeah. what it's worth. You really have to understand the market. If the market is down right now, so you projected yourself to make X amount this month, but in reality, that's not what the market is paying. So yep. now you got a false perception of what you think your house is worth versus what the market is calling that is worth. So you may gotta humble yourself. And lower it to what you what the market standard is. So you may thought you had a you know two fifty a night spot. You may got to lower it to one fifty a night. That's a hundred yeah. hundred off a night than what you thought, and sometimes yeah. lower. But you got to know that you got to ride with the market. Sometimes the market may be higher. It's the rodeo this month in Houston, so this may be a time that the market is higher. You may want to raise your price yeah. because it's more demand. But to go back to your question, when it comes to like the good, the bad, the ugly, the bad side is again your place may not always be rented. You may not be able to rent it the price that you want to rent it for. And then bad thing does happen. Things does break. And you have yeah. to have money put to the side for when does when things do break. Yeah. And and that 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 makes it like that's a that's a great point because like when I'm thinking about it, the space is like you started talking about data and like trends, right? And mm -hmm. so like where do you go to find that though? Like so how do how is is it just more about okay, you understand your location and because you are Houstonian, you know typically what when the seasons of what's popping around here. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, the rodeo going on this weekend, you know, we got South Boston, you know, we're not South Boston, but we got the uh Juneteenth or something like 
like, like, right? Yeah. Are you like paying attention to the data from that standpoint, raising it based on like when popping weekends are going mm -hmm. on? Like, is that yeah. the trend so you're looking you can, at? So that's that is one thing that you can leverage just your knowledge of being from Houston and knowing the city. You know when the rodeo is coming. You know when maybe a big concert is coming. You know, you know when spring break is or whatever, or yeah. you know, like when COVID was going crazy, Texas was one of the only open spots. So, you know, yeah. when people want a vacation, they come in to Houston, most likely, or Dallas. Yeah. So you that that does help. But then also leveraging, you know, like you said, going back to the data, that's when tech mix, mixes into this, too. There's websites yeah. like AirDNA, where it really mm. gives you like a breakdown of market analytics of, OK, how often are things booked on this side of town? What's the average nightly rate for this side of town? And then even outside of that, you can use your own, you know, ingenuity and leverage Airbnb. Go on it like you're a guest and you're looking to book. Yep. Look at what size of Houston is charging what. You know, look at, creep on their calendar, see what spots is, is booked up and how often are they booked up. So you can do your own market data. So if you have your spot in a certain area, look at all the competitive, uh, competing Airbnbs in your area, understand their nightly rate. Um, understand what do they have in there? What does it look like? You know, yeah. that's another thing. I, I looked at the stage and I'm like, how did they stage this? Okay. Okay. This is the type of art that they set up. Okay. How can I do mine a little better, have a little twist to it, you know? So leveraging Airbnb, just the normal app and just seeing what's in the area and how you can do what they're doing if it's working or do what they doing and do it a little better. Yeah. And, and, and it, just like in any business, like, like if you jump in any industry, I don't care what you look at. It's like, like the only way you find success is to find your footing. Mm -hmm. Right. So you just take it like you Airbnb, right. Stock market, podcasting, mm -hmm. merch, right. Like there, there's hundreds or thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of people doing the exact same, exact thing, same thing. Right. And then I think the discouragement, comes in because people don't realize that no matter how much knowledge you got, how much research you done done, you still got to find your footing. Because gotcha. like people going people gonna to shop with people. So when you talked about the luxury part, the aesthetics and like that, that's somebody going to go in there and be like, okay, I don't know Rob, but I could tell he took time with this place. Yeah. Right. And that's going to win over somebody who's just going to throw something together and have paper plates waiting on you when you get in there. There you go. Right. It's, it's go. a complete difference. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, so before we transition to, to the other side, I wanted to ask, like, when did you start Start seeing success in 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 your Airbnb space, and and I and I know that like, outside of Airbnb, just kind of point like he does, you know, he, he fit into the stock market. I know he newly in the space, but that could be something for later. But I focus, I wanted to focus specifically on your business with Airbnb because yeah. I think it's a dope way that people can actually see. Because when people, I think especially us as people, black yeah. people, when we hear stock market, when we hear you know investment properties and all this, yeah. stuff, it gets yeah. scared because it's like I don't see it in my account. Yeah, you, my money is sitting in this building and I can't go spend it the next yeah. day. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of wanted to talk about like, when did you start seeing success from your app? Was it, was it like, I know you said you were tending the hole, but then even just climbing out of that hole is success, right? Okay. I was tending the hole, but now I'm seven in the hole. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm like, when did that success start coming? Yeah. So it, it is a, it is a, it is a grind, right? It is a grind and it is kind of like a slow burn at times. Right. So with me, I started in October of 2021 or whatever. So like the first few months, I wasn't really seeing that much success. You know, I may get two bookings, yeah. I may get, you know, three bookings a month, you know, and it may be just for the weekend, just a couple of days. I realized I had to humble myself because I was one of the ones that went in like, yeah, now I'm about to do 200 a night. You know, <laughs> that wasn't the case. I had to humble myself. So the expectation I had was already cut and cut and cut so much or whatever, you know, but I had to understand that nothing worth having comes easy. So also think about Airbnbs, think about how many are listed on the site. Yeah. You have to find a way to get into the algorithm. 
right? You want yours to be one of the first ones. And when you looking for, you're not about to be scrolling to the 20th page. When you first put your list, your Airbnb, you on the 50th page, the 40th page. Yeah. So you have to understand it's a grind to get closer and closer in the algorithm to get closer to the top. Yeah. Uh, ways to kind of move through the algorithm is give quality service. Like like this one, like your first booking is your hundred booking. Like you you giving them that top quality service that they're going to leave a good review. Yeah. Right. So I had to slowly work to like build up my reviews. As you build up your reviews, you're able to get to a point where what they call a super host. Mm. When you get to the super host status, that's when you can appear in the algorithm more often. You may pop up on the first page, second page or whatever. So through that slow build or just a one tenant here, two tenants there, two tenants. Next thing you know, you're getting three, four, Next, you know, you're getting, you know, 20, 20 nights out the month, maybe book. Mm -hmm. So for me, I would say, so October, November, December, January, February, I'll say up to like January, February, it slowly built and became moderate. Yeah. And then should we in March now, next, you know, March, I get a hit. Hey, I want three months. <laughs> Just so like that. Three months. So I went from, <laughs> I went from doing, I went from doing like, you know, four to five tenants a month. So that's, that's, that's basically about in a month probably about like 10 days out the month, like nothing too crazy. Yeah. Right. Cause it's just doing a, with the weekend. So three, six, nine. So basically like nine nights that, that would be booked to, Hey, I want to do three months. Yeah. Right. So I went from just seeing, you know, like $1,200 a month to someone like, Hey, I got 2,700, you know, one yeah. person. So that covers my mortgage. That covers my, my bills, my utilities and a little ice on the top that I could just put towards something yeah. else. So, I, and I only got to that point because I understood that it would be a slow grind. And then once you start building reviews, people are more willing to trust you. Yeah. You know, when you're looking at a restaurant, you know, if you go on Yelp and you don't see nothing on there, you're kind of like, mm. Yeah. Just but did that look, earlier today. You know, just like, mm, <laughs> I, don't know, I may try. I don't know. But let me see what else is out there. You go, you click on another restaurant and it has crazy reviews. Oh, this was good. The steak is fire. They're showing this one pictures and all they got that pictures stuff. pictures yeah. and all that. All this flame emojis. Yeah. You're going to go there. Yeah. Right. Right. But that restaurant it took time for him to build those reviews up to attract more people. So as same with Airbnb, it takes time to really build up those reviews, show that top quality service to everybody that comes. Yeah. And then eventually more people is going to see those reviews and it's going to attract more, yeah. more people. So um, I'll say for me, you know, it took about four months to really build. And then from there, it really started to kind of take off. Help me understand the marketing aspect, though, because mm -hmm. that's because like, you know, when you think about for me, if I'm like my podcast, my merch and stuff, I sell like even like even with my investment properties just separate like I don't like I'm I'm on Instagram I'm on YouTube I'm in these spaces I'm just putting you know I'm spreading the word just by just through social media and building the brand that way like how is the market like I don't I rarely ever see like or, or people listing their Airbnbs on IG or is that a thing like how do you mm -hmm. go about having a marketing strategy to to get the reviews to get people to click it so like because like you said if you ending up on the 50th page yeah like there's some kind of marketing aspect that has to take place you for you to look. get to the yeah. to get to the top right yeah so I'll say like the main marketing is referrals okay the main thing is referrals so you know leveraging your friends leveraging your network you know really let people know that you have an Airbnb right and those will be, that's free marketing dollars for you right there. Just them reposting it. Like people say, it don't cost nothing to share something, yeah. right? Having your close friends share your Airbnb and who knows, they got people that's looking at their page like, dang, I was just planning a trip to Houston. Mm -hmm. I, tap me in with your, tap me in with your guy, you know, and they'll book. You'll be surprised how many people want to support black Airbnbs. Like I, if I knew the, the owner of the Airbnb is black, I'm trying to go there. So my approach when it came to marketing was one, leveraging my network. So I'll post on my story about my Airbnb. Mm -hmm. I'll do quick little videos and showing how nice it is, little boomerangs okay. and whatnot. Yeah. And then through that, people will see it. And then again, 
that's where the upfront investment paid off. Because if I got something that captures your eye, where you like, that's a nice house. I, yeah. I can see myself, you know, having a girls' night there. I can see myself having a little game night there. It's gonna grow naturally. So yep. the majority of my first bookings, and even till now, majority of my bookings is from word of mouth, just from me sharing it, and then them sharing it, and it's getting that exposure uh, that way. And then from there, the next biggest uh, uh, thing that pushes it is once somebody stay. Yeah. Once somebody say, same like a restaurant, if you go to a restaurant and your friend come up to you, well, they go to a restaurant and your friend come to you and be like, hey, I went to such and such restaurant, best food I ever had. It was, it was, it was a vibe, you know, they good service. Yeah. Next time that you plan in your next dinner, you probably gonna go try that out. So yeah. you treat your tenants good that come and you really give them an A-class service. Whenever they go back to where they from, and they friends like, oh man, it was that I saw the, this place you was at, it was nice. Yeah, next time you go to Houston, you need to stay here. Yeah. And then it grows Same that way. way too. So that's so really just using that natural market in that way. One thing that I am seeing now, and I'm not as savvy with, but TikToks is taking over. I see yeah. people, you know, doing a TikTok of them setting up the Airbnb or whatever, or yeah. uh, you know, people that stayed there doing like little TikTok challenges in there and stuff like that, and then using that as marketing and advertising, because it looks nice, you know, yeah. having an area where there's a photo wall. Right now I'm getting a mural painted in my Airbnb so that people can come in and take pictures. So when they take pictures and people ask, oh, where is that? That's a nice backdrop. Yeah. Oh, it's at this Airbnb I was at. Oh, send me the link. Yeah, So putting exactly. stuff in your Airbnb strategically to make people want to take pictures. Now you got free advertising. They're taking pictures in your house. They're going to post it on Instagram. People going to ask where they at. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's that's why I wanted to dissect the marketing piece because it's like, you know, putting the initial cost up and then listing it on Airbnb, you just automatically think, all right, this shit is listed. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do what it do. But like, like I, wanted, I wanted people to see the work that has to go behind it. However you get creative, you get creative, yeah. right? But that's the, that, that part takes up time. Yeah. And if you're not putting time into what you're trying to grow, then it's going to always be stagnant. It's going to always be average. It's always going to be just reaching the bare minimum, whatever. But like the other part of that really quickly before we before we kind of uh, nudge towards bro talk, I, I, like you will get people that say, OK, I understand this guy's working a nine to five. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he's got this um, lucrative Airbnb business and, you know, he's putting his funds in these different investment vehicles. Like where does he find time to have a life? Like, yeah. is that something that you have a thought in your head? Like, you know, from a dating aspect, from spending time with friends, from kicking it with your family, make sure, I don't know if you're an uncle or not, I know you yeah. ain't got no kids, but like tapping in with nieces and nephews if you got them or cousins, like where do you find time for that? Or is it just like, I'm gonna get to that when I get to it? Mm -hmm. So it is a, it's a mix of both, right? Like it's I'm gonna get to it when I get to it because I know I need to get this done to put me in a position of where I can have that freedom to do whatever I want, Yeah. right? Like right now I got a good, I'm booked for a month. So since I'm booked for a month, I'm not as hands-on with the Airbnb having to get my cleaners in there, you know, setting up for my next person. Like I'm, I'm good for a month. So with the hard work I put in the first few months, gave me the luxury that I could chill for three months. I got a three-month booking. I can right. spend more time. Also, uh, my house is paid off for the month. My utilities paid off for the month. I got a little icing on the top of that. Now yeah. I can use that money to go hang out with my nephews, go hit a Sunday fun day, hang out with my boys or whatever, go on a little date, you know, you know, change the maybe maybe do a little bit more expensive date than I normally would. You yeah, know, you might get yeah. the steak forty eight, dude. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know you got, I got a little more access funds that I can do that. So if I was just working my nine to five, not having the, the um you know the side hustle going on, I mean I have those access funds to just kind of splurge a little bit, right? Yeah. So when you have extra funds, you maybe can you probably already splurge, but now you can splurge a little bit more than you normally do. So it all goes back down to just prioritizing time. 
the time but management. Also, you got to know how to prioritize right. self. Self, yeah. So you always got to do stuff for yourself so that you don't get burnt out. Yeah, no, that's a fact, and that's that's that. I'm glad you went that because that's exactly what I was gonna allude to next. It's like like you could, you could be making all the money you want, or you could do all this. It's it's really about time management when you're talking about building yourself up. And I tell people all the time, especially like the women I'm dealing with, it's like, bro, yeah. work is primary and secondary right yeah. now. I don't know how I don't know how else for it's not to be. For, to get where I'm trying to go, right? Yeah. That's that like that's that ambition that I'm chasing, and I, and I don't know how to turn that off. Yeah. And, like it's kind of hard to like get in that space to shut it down. Mm -hmm. Like if if I if I find success with relationships while I'm running that journey, that's one thing. But for me to stop in the middle, then go left to go, let me go see what this look like over here. Yeah, and that takes all kind of time away from stuff that yeah, I'm you, building. You gotta have like, somebody that's that's trying to be on that same path. Right. So that so that's why when it comes to dating, you know, you can look at dating as like a distraction, like a detour, take your mind off of what you're doing. But when you meet somebody that's just on her same hustle, she doing what she got to do to get to where she's trying to go. Now we more so collaborating and building together. She may come in and look at my joint and be like, you know what? The way you got these curtains, you can redo these. And I think they'll make it look a little better. She can come and give a different perspective. Yeah. So now with us working and building, you know, on what we got going, we also working and building on our personal side. I may give her some tips to like, hey, you know, I know, you know, you may not be doing Airbnb, but let me put you through the game of how I got into it. You know, let me yeah. try to help you out so you can get started with this and then right. vice versa. So now we building together. So sometimes they can go hand in hand. Yep. But then also, like you said, being an entrepreneur and then also having a nine to five, you can tell when it's not going hand in hand is more of a distraction. Yep. When they don't really understand why you don't got time for this? Why you don't Absolutely. got time for that? Yeah. You, know, you make time for me. You, be, you become you be instead you becoming a a, a problem. You becoming a problem. Yeah, you becoming a problem. You becoming a problem. Point. You you kind of like holding me back, or you're not understanding the lifestyle. Like you said, what's my my primary and my secondary? Yeah. Now we can find ways to align. Like you know, instead of like, oh, let's go out to brunch or Sunday fun day. Hey, let's go to a coffee shop. Bring your laptop. I bring my laptop. Yeah. Now we building together, and we getting time to spend together, and then we take breaks, talk talk and talk, and then also work at the same time. So being more strategic and thinking about, okay, how can we take time to grow together and know each other, but then also still focus on our primary and our secondary, our main business and our side hustle. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last question before we go into bro talk is this. Um, like, if you had, like, a couple things that you wanted to get, because, like, there, there are people who will be watching this episode and be like, yeah, I understand the setup aspect and actually, yeah. like, having, like, but how do I get to a point of having $10,000 or not even that? You said you could have staged it for four and a half, right? How do I, like, what are some tips that people can be doing to, like, making sure that they're putting money, like, they're setting themselves up to whenever it's time to actually get the Airbnb that that you're ready. You got everything in the world. You got the finances there. You got the paperwork there. Walk through that last little spiel for yeah. me real quick. The main thing I'll say is what are you willing to give up to get what you want? So right back to that sacrifice. I was living in downtown Dallas and, you know, having a good time. I decided to sacrifice lifestyle to get to what I want. So what I did was I left Dallas, moved back to the Houston area, and I moved in with my mom. You know, my mom still had my room. We had the extra spot yeah. or whatever. Talk about stayed, it. Yeah, I stayed. I yeah. stayed with my mom, man, and just saved up. Chunk my mama a couple money on uh, a little bit of money on the bills, like little small things or whatever. But she understood my vision too, and she supported it. Yeah. So she allowed me to focus on building. You know, not spending. So even with me moving into my mom, I focused on really cutting out my spending. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna pass on this night out, guys. You know, I'm just gonna chill on it. I ain't gonna do yeah. too much. You know, I, I'm not going to eat out. You know, I'm just going to my mom cooking at the Having crib, that foresight, you know? right. Having that foresight yeah. and then making sacrifices when it comes to your spending so that you can really save up to get there. Also, don't do anything without, you know, you have your, your broad long-term goal. 
but you got to set small milestones to get there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, each month I want to save X amount of money. Yep. Each month I save X amount of money. So if I go, you know, six months and I saved X amount of money, I'm going to have this. Yep. So having those goals, you could just strike off and you can see that you're on track to re reaching where you want it to go. Yeah. So my goal originally was to do six months in my mom's house and just save up and purchase a home. Yep. With the pandemic, things didn't work out. And I realized, you know, life ain't on, on my time. It's on God's time. Absolutely. I, I ended up, you know what I mean? I ended up doing, like, I think like a year and four months at my mom's house. Yeah. And it was a sacrifice because I missed being on my own. Yep. But in that time span of me just staying there a year and four months, I was able to save up about $36,000. Yeah. With that $36,000 gave me the money to be able to purchase a home, gave me the money to afford to fully furnish it and not just do the, you know, like five into it. I was able to put, you know, 10 into it, right? Yeah. But it all boils back down is to being humble and sacrificing something, something for something greater. If you notice, yeah. and then I know staying with your mom could be an extreme, so to, to think of other ways you could do that. What do you what do you do a lot? Do you eat out a lot? Do you go Sunday, fun day a lot? Do you get sections a lot? Do you buy a lot of shoes? Do you buy a lot of clothes? Something got, yeah, something, something major. Something got to give. Yeah. That same budget you use, put it to the side. And then set a number goal, how much you want to save a month. If it take you six months to get 10,000, if it take you a year to get 10,000, set a goal until you get there and then make sure that that money is, is purpose. Yeah. Once you get that 10, don't go blow it. I can take two out of that to go do this. Yeah. Nah, this 10 is intended for this and then use it for that. Yep, absolutely. Now that's a great point. And like, like, how old are you, real quick again? Uh, twenty eight. The reason why I tell you why I asked that question, real quick, yeah. because it's like as a black community, like there's so much that's frowned upon about staying at home yeah. this late in our lives, right? And it's dope to hear you saying, yeah. I mean, I just tell my mom on the show, like, I'm building something right now. I'm finna come get my old room back with my old yeah. posters, yeah. you know, and kick it for a minute so I could build money. And I really want people, like, especially us as people, like adults that's my age who got children that's in their early. 20s, don't force them babies out too soon if they really got a vision. Like, it was hell being on my own at 19, being broke until I can get to a point till I had money. And yeah. when I look back at it, my mama couldn't afford to feed me, so fine, I had to go get it. But, like, if you got a parent who can do that, and like you say, you working, you throwing money on the side, yeah. man, that, that's that's how every other community go, goes about building their you know, their children up. It's like, yo, there's a handoff, kind of like a baton. Yeah. And whenever you're ready for that baton, I'll give it to you. But until yeah. then, sit your ass on this couch and relax. If, you exactly, because within our community, we real big on success now, right? Yeah. We don't think about, think about the future. Like, we young, 28 is young, 30 is young, yeah. you know? So having it at 40, having it at your mid thirties, that's still having it. Right. But people want instant gratification. Yep. But nah, like, like, you know, if you can stay at the crib and save up, you know, that if, if I can go back in time, as soon as I graduated college, it probably would have made more sense for me go to stay home. at my mom's. I probably would have had a house at 23 instead yeah. of getting my, I think I, I bought my house at 27. Yeah. Right. So if um, I would have sacrificed and then stayed and then not have the persona of if you still staying at your mom's house and you grow, yeah, like, that's it. you know, that why, that's only in our community. You look at other communities. People don't don't stay in apartments. They first house, their first crib is their house. Is their house, yeah. Is start, their house. Startup home came from that. We get our first good job and we go to the heights. We go yeah. to the, the nicest, we go to River Road. We try to get the nicest apartment. Yeah. And just versus rent. just kind of like, you know, laying low, kind of, you know, stacking up so that you can get something that you own and have true ownership. Absolutely. But we so big on the instant gratification and having the look. But you have to understand that you not why why fake like you had a look when you can sacrifice and then really had a look and then yeah. it's just you.
Yeah, and it's really, I mean, just like, like you know, we're going to bro talk next, but like, it's it's really about consistency and cadence, bro. Yeah. Like, for me, it's like, like, you was being consistent and staying at home, right? I was being consistent and like focusing on how I was gonna build up my own way of like saving money as well. But then like, there's a cadence aspect. Like you could like, and that what I, well, the reason why I mentioned cadence is because like when you find a rhythm, you know, like you, you can't get to cadence without the consistency, yeah. meaning like you're not going to hit your rhythm until you're being consistent enough to feel what that rhythm looks like. Yeah. Right. And like, that's why I think the two go hand in hand. And I think that like, if you're trying to build any business, you're trying to come off the ground in any kind of way, you got to bring that consistency and cadence. But like, as I said, man, we're going to tap, we're going to, we're going to wrap them. And it was, it was such a dope knowledge that you gave. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, I, and, yeah. then, and there's so many other questions that I got, but like, you know, for time purposes, I definitely want to have you back. We, we'll talk about that later. Cause there's so much other game that I want you to give. But yeah. uh, we're going to go into bro talk right now. And, and that's the part of the show where we give whatever game to the people um, in any kind of way. If you want to spit some knowledge, you want to give some information, you want to be funny. He a cute yeah. dog, y'all. So, like, you know I'm, I'm letting him sit here. now. I'm letting, me <laughs> letting him just sit in the red chairs is privileged enough. You know what oh, I'm saying? I, he on our colors, but I'm going to let him shine. But, like, whatever information you want to give out, I'm going to hand it to you. Just kind of give that moment. And then I'll wrap it up with a bro talk on my end. Yeah. We'll no, um, I'll say, like, the main, the main bro talk or the main game that I would want to give is, you know, ambition over adversity. You know, mm -hmm. you don't need a deep quote, something short and sweet like that, but it's so short and sweet, but it's also so deep when it comes to the, the lessons and the knowledge of that, of that quote. If your ambition is strong enough, no matter what's in front of you, no matter what barriers are standing in front of, like where you want to go, your ambition can get you through all of that. But you have to understand how bad do you really want it? If you know how bad you really want something, you'll do anything to get there. If somebody told you, hey, you can have this $300,000 house, but you just have to, you have to chill out for a year. Don't go out for one year, you can have this house. Don't, don't do this for a year or go stay here for a year, and I'm telling you, you can have this. If somebody told you that, are you disciplined enough, and can you make that sacrifice enough to do it? Yeah. If your drive and your will and your ambition is there, you will stay down because you know what lies behind that door once you once you stay down. Yeah. So I would say having that ambition of adversity and able to sacrifice and then blossom into something so much better will get you far in life. Absolutely. That's dope. No, 100% agree with you, man. It's, it's really about locking in. Mm -hmm. Like for me, that's what like I mean, I find my I, I was telling I was telling uh, cameraman this last night is like I, I get mad at myself when I know I'm slacking, like yep. literally sitting in the mirror the next morning like, damn, okay, you didn't do shit last week. Yep. Like, what you doing? You being average as hell, bro. Like, yep. that ain't you. Like, I have them conversations to myself. Yep. Yep. And sometimes I laugh because I'm like, yo, you a weird ass nigga. But yep. that's what kicks me in the butt, you know? Yep. So that's, it's dope that you mentioned that. And man, for my bro talk, man, really simple it's like you know you know i'm a man's man and i love y'all to death bro i'm gonna talk to, i'm talking to my people dog and yeah. i really want i really want us as men to find peace in our situations like i know t i know a lot of times we sit on hard times we fall on situations we got we created children we necessarily may have not been ready for at times and and we got all these excuses in the world on the why we're not at a place we should be or where um, or why we don't have what we should have right i say instead of focusing on that focusing in on that man find peace in what your situation is because whenever you find the peace in your situation you can then formulate a strategy from that strategy you're going to formulate a plan and the plan gets you to the success that you're looking for Ooh. so it all takes a process man so and, and you can't do any of that shit without the peace part so that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna leave y'all with i am kp yeah. of the certified steppers this is my little bro rob who came through to bless y'all with the financial knowledge i hope each and every one of y'all could take something about yeah. uh, away from this where y'all can build some wealth rob i'm gonna definitely have a round two with you yeah. and you know this is episode so 59 we'll see you on the other side yeah hey. yeah